Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. There was a family called the Bradshaws, and they went to church one Sunday morning. Uh, little Billy um, and little Patrice, uh, they would go off to church. The offering basket went round the church, and so mum and dad gave the children 10p each to put in the offering basket. So church had finished, they'd gone home having their Sunday lunch. And during their Sunday lunch, uh, dad started complaining about Alicia and the way that she led worship and saying, I didn't think it was very good this morning. You know, I thought she could have done a little bit better. Uh, I thought she could have picked some better songs. Um, and, and then dad was complaining about Paul that was preaching yeah. and just saying, you know, he was a bit too short this morning. <laughs> it could have been, it could have been a bit longer. You know, his content could have been, um, you know, he could have had some more depth to his content and everything else. And little Billy Bradshaw piped up and he said, listen, mum and dad, what more do you expect for Tempe? <laughs> this morning, my topic is counting the cost. Counting the cost. And that can have a very negative um, feel to it. And I would like to reframe that and rephrase it by saying that we are adding value. Adding value. When you count the cost of anything that you do in life, you are adding value. Jesus said this, I think it's up on the screen, Matthew chapter 13. It says this, Heaven's kingdom realm can be illustrated like this. A person discovered that there was hidden treasure in a field. Upon finding it, he hid it again because of uncovering such treasure, he was overjoyed and he sold all that he possessed to buy the entire field so that he could have the treasure. There's a thing called compound interest. Any of you that are into money, into saving, into investment, there's a thing called compound interest. And what that means is that you invest intentionally for growth. You can put money to one side, you can put savings to one side, but when you do compound interest, you start to make money on top of your money. You start making your money work for itself. And I think counting the cost and making investment into our life is compound interest that we are intentionally investing into our lives. And we see here in this first scripture, there's three things that take place. Number one, that this guy established what the greatest treasure and investment was that he wanted in his life. 
He discovered what was the greatest value in life. That's the first thing that happened. The second thing was that he was overjoyed. He was overjoyed. There was something that excited him about what he had found. And then lastly, it says that he had sold all that he had possessed just to buy the field. This is a principle of life. Whether you're a Christian or not, God's principles will always work. And whether that is that you're an athlete or you're a parent or you've got a career, your job, whether it's an understanding and expertise in a, an area of life, whether it's just to be a great friend, partner, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife. When we invest into that area of life, we find that we have a return on it. That's why you see athletes that count the cost, that invest into their diet. So they don't eat burgers, they don't go to McDonald's, they don't stuff themselves with things that bloat them and, and, and make them unhealthy. They make choices to exercise well, to go out running, to go out training. And they invest their time, their energy, their money and their focus into what they want to achieve in life. And because of that investment, there is a return on it. And this is what Jesus is saying here to about the hidden treasure. And then once that athlete or that parent or that person that wants to do well in their career find that great value, they find that there is a joy in that. And then they are willing to sell out in order to win. My eldest son, I've got my youngest son, who I'm so proud of this morning, Joel. My eldest son went into the army. And quite a few of them dropped out during training. Because it was too much for them. I remember Luke saying to me about the training being so hard and so aggressive. You know, the training was that bad. He said, Dad, that we were just training on the board of being sick. And there was one time, sorry if you just had your breakfast or you've just had a chocolate biscuit at the back there. Um, but he said that we were training so hard. There was times that, um, that he just turned his head to one side and just spewed up because of the energy and, the, and, the, and what he was putting into what he was doing. But there was many that then just thought, this is too much. I'm packing in. I'm going AWOL, I'm leaving the army. And they thought that they were finding freedom. And they thought that they were having the better part of the deal in getting out. But actually, my son and uh, his mates found the better part of the deal because they pushed through and they invested their life, their body, their energy into wanting to be soldiers. And at the end of it, the real people that were free were the soldiers and not them that were back out on Civvy Street. And it's all about investing well. 
In Hebrews chapter 11, another scripture that will be coming up here. Here's a guy that invested in his life. And it says it was by faith. Moses, when he grew up, he refused to be treated as the grandson of the king. Moses had a decision to make. Because he knew that there was a call on his life. He knew that there was something that he had to do with his life. And instead of enjoying the pleasures of the palace and everything that the palace could offer him, and it was probably a pretty good position to be in. It's probably a pretty good home to be in. He says that he refused to be treated as the grandson of the, ki- of the king. It says, but he chose to share ill treatment with God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. So what that is saying is, rather, rather than just enjoying the things that really don't last, the things that bring temporary enjoyment... Yeah. Rather than investing in the things that just seem to disappear through our hands, he wanted to invest in something that grew his life. He wanted to invest in something that would make him the man that he should be. And so he refused and he chose to share ill treatment rather than to enjoy luxury. As the athlete does, he chooses to to go through the difficulty of training and being the best that he can be, rather than just sitting in front of the telly and gorging on dominoes every night. That was his choice, but then he gets his reward for his investment. He thought that it was better. He thought that it was better to suffer for the promised Christ than to own all the treasures of Egypt. What a choice he made. He had to count the cost. He had to look at where do I want to invest my life? Do I want to invest my life in just sitting in the palace and just enjoying luxury and turning fat and lazy and, 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 and having nothing to account for my life? Or do I want to rather suffer for the promise that Christ has got for me? And it says, looking forward to a great reward that God would give him. And, at, and it was because he trusted God that he left the land of Egypt and wasn't afraid of the king's anger. Moses kept going. It seemed as though he could see God right there with him. When we look at counting the cost and following Christ, it's about investing our lives. It's about investing what we have and our desires and our hearts for him. So in Luke 14, it says this, if anyone wants to be my follower must love me far more, more, far more than he does his own father, mother, wife, children, 
brothers and sisters. Yes, more than his own life. Otherwise, he cannot be my disciple. And no one can be my disciple if he does not carry his own cross and follow me. That's a, that's a tough, tough little Bible verse. If he doesn't love me more than his own wife, family, children, that's tough. When I'm looking at my son and my daughter-in-law and my wife and my grandchildren. But it's not talking about the fact that I don't love them. It's talking to me about what is the most important thing in my life. And when I make Christ the most important person in my life, I find then the reward back for that is that I become, hopefully, a better dad. Absolutely. That I become a better husband. That I become a better employee. Yes. That I become a better friend. Yeah. Because I'm actually investing the kingdom into my life. And that's what being a Christian, that's what following Christ is about. It's not about going to church. It's not about just reading your Bible and praying. It, there's far much more to being a follower of Christ and having his rule and his reign in our life. He makes us a better person. He makes us a stronger person. He helps us to engage life well. He helps us to process life's problems with greater wisdom and greater knowledge and greater grace. And that as I invest more into my life of God, I find the investment then spills out into every other area of my life. And that's what Jesus was saying here. It's not the fact that you ignore everybody else. It's the fact that you, you, you invest in what is important and everything else will follow. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And it says then everything else will be added to you. There's a little story that I'm not sure whether it's up on the screen now. There's a little uh, in Luke 14 that Jesus gives. And it says this, but don't begin until you count the cost. For one who would begin construction of a building without first estimates, then checking to see if he has enough money to pay the bills, otherwise he might complete only the foundation and before running out of funds. And then how everyone would laugh. See that fellow there, they would say, and they would mock he started the building, but he's ran out. Nothing worse is there than driving around and seeing a building that's been mothballed, seeing a building that's been started and someone's run out of money. So no one can be my disciple unless he first sits down, counts his blessings, and puts them to one side, all for me. And that's where it's at this morning. It's making an investment. And this is what Paul says, but life is worth nothing unless I use it for doing the work that the Lord has assigned for me. In closing this morning, I'm quick this morning, in closing this morning, what do I have to sell 
What do I have to give up? What do I have to invest in my life to gain the treasure that is before me? First of all, my reputation. Professing my faith and my trust and my belief in Christ. Sometimes it costs us our reputation. I work on a building site full of men that have been round the block, not just once or twice, but a hundred times. And they've seen all the born-again Christians. They've, they've seen all the, all, all the Jehovah's Witnesses. They've, they've been there. They've done it. And it's an environment that can be hard and difficult. That's why I've learned to be smarter about sharing my faith. Don't use the word born again. I don't tell people I go to church. I'm not ashamed of the fact that I go to church. But straight away, the moment I say born again to somebody on my side, they just, they, just, they just have this picture and this frame of a born again Christian who's a Bible basher. Or the moment I say, oh, I, go to, you know, I went to church. Oh, you're a, you're a church goer. And straight away, they've got a picture of who I am. That's not who I am. I let, I let people know who gives me the strength to be who I am. And many times my conversation comes out of a situation that's been at work where either someone needs some help or some guidance or they've gone through a difficult time in life. And I just managed to sit down and I know that they're either stressed or they're, they're, they're perplexed about something. And I managed to step into, into their world. Some of them are real big hard men. But you get them on their own and you get them in a place where they feel vulnerable. And you just step into their world and you can share that actually, you know, that the, the, the God that's in my life gives me the strength to overcome what you're going through. And rather than end up uh, bitter and angry and wanting to get revenge and wanting to, to punch back and to fight back, they see that there's a grace yeah. and that there's a strength and there's a long-suffering and there's an ability to be able to step back and not fight and not lose heart and not be downhearted, but to know that in the grand scheme of things, it will be okay. And to bring that sense of, of, of gravity back into people's worlds and people's lives. That's how I now share my faith. Sometimes I have to sell my own destructive nature. There are parts of all our lives where we've got self-destruct buttons. And for for gaining and counting the cost of following God, there are certain parts of my life that I know there are self-destruct buttons. And I've got to say no to those things. No to those things that I know that are not good for me. They're not healthy for me. They might not be bad things. They might not be particularly things that would... But they would just be simple things that would just not be good for my life, not good for my mind. Not good for my thought life. Not good for my physical life. And making good decisions. Being aware of my own destructive nature and saying, I'm not going down that road. And that's difficult sometimes. Because our nature, our old nature is very strong. And it can have such a pull on our life. But saying no to it 
and saying, no, I'm going to invest in my life. And I'm not going down that road. I'm not, I'm not going down and feeding that thing in my life. It's a no. And as I invest in the no, and I look for the better, I find that there is a greater return for me. So rather than always living in regret, rather than always living like, oh, I wish I hadn't. I wish I hadn't have done that again. I wish I hadn't gone down that road again. I wish I hadn't engaged in that again. Rather than living like that, that I'm, th- I'm, I'm glad that I've not. And I'm glad that I've invested well in my life. Our creature comforts. Being a Christian, being a follower, sometimes takes us away from our creature comforts and puts demands on our life. But as we, as we absorb those demands, we make uh, investment in our life. And I look over my own life and the times when I've had to invest heavily, whether that's financially or whether that's through my own, uh, losing my own comfort in life, that I've had to invest in my life. And as, as we do that, we find that we become the better person, the stronger person, the person that's more compassionate, the person that's more understanding. My wife will hate, help, hate me for saying this because she's very private. But last week, uh, we were willing to help somebody that needed to get to an appointment. And Esther's got a very high profile and busy job. And yet she was willing to pack a laptop in a, in a car, take this lady to an appointment. And she had the money. She's got a bank full of money to get her own taxi, probably her own chauffeur, her own stretch limo, probably <laughs> if she wanted. But she knew that that lady just needed a friendly face, somebody to be there with her, somebody after her minor up to just hold her hand and say, listen, I'll get you back home again. And so she's in a car, in a car park, opening up a laptop, trying to work in the car remotely so that somebody just had a friend. And that's what it's all about. And as we invest in our lives, and as we invest well, the rewards are fantastic. And some of the things I've done over the years of investing in myself, I remember one particular, and I was only sort of 19, 20 years old, and I used to drive, the, drive everybody home on a Sunday night after church. I said I was going to finish 10 minutes ago, and I am nearly done. But I used to drive everybody home in the minibus, and, and back then, everybody used to go to somebody else's home after church at night. And, and I used to leave the, the minibus back at the pastor's house. And the pastor's house used to be full of people that were all having something to eat and everything else. And it was an hour and a half before I got everybody home. And back then I used to have a piano accordion that I used to play at church. And my piano accordion was this, that size of that speaker there. And I had to put it on my shoulder and walk home nearly two miles. And I remember just thinking, this is not fair. And I could hear them all laughing and joking uh, in the house. And I was just walking down the road and had to carry my accordion back home again. I, had, I, I, I couldn't go and celebrate with anybody else. I had a family to get back to and everything else. But looking back, I'm so glad that I made that investment. I could have been in the house. And I could have been having a cup of tea and a slice of cake and having a laugh with everybody else. But actually, the investment that I made in my own life of helping other people, making sure that they could get to church, making sure that they had a lift back home again, 
has served me well in life and has given me that heart and, and everything else that has been deposited in my life. Our own personal time, sometimes investing in somebody else, giving our own personal time. We had a little bit of attention last week. We'd been to a friend a few weeks ago to help them, him and his family. And we go about once every six, seven weeks, and we work hard from nine till nine, ten o'clock at night. And I mean hard graft. Anyway, he'd gone into a bit of a meltdown, this friend of ours. And we meant to help somebody else uh, last week. Um, and I said, and I was looking forward to having a day at home, to be honest. Wanted to prepare this message, just wanted a day off. He said, we need to go and help this guy. And in me was like, you know, we, went, we only went the other week. But I respected, said, okay, let's go. And we went there. And, and the appreciation that he was on his knees. And it was about investment. I said to Esther on the way home, thank you for making that, that choice. That was a good choice. And yes, I could have been at home, could have had a lovely day just pottering around, having a coffee and doing what I wanted to do. But actually, the investment, the power of that investment driving home 10 o'clock at night was far much more valuable than having my own time to myself and my finances. Investing well. Let's not be like the Bradshaws, just throwing our 10p in. <laughs> But let's invest well. Sometimes it's a cost. But as we invest well into the church, into people's lives, the reward that we get back is fantastic. And as we count the cost, as we make compound investment into our lives, the reward back is brilliant. And I want to encourage you this morning that if you look at, the, try and weigh up what investment you're making in your life. Many Christians say, well, I, you know, the, my faith doesn't mean much to me. You know, where, where's God for me? And I always say, well, what are you investing? Yeah. What are you investing? God invested Christ as we, we've done this morning. Yeah, but in return, what am I investing? If I'm not putting anything in the pot... I'm not going to get nothing out. But as I invest, the rewards are fantastic. Maybe you need to invest more. Maybe you've chose your own comfort over maybe doing something for God. Maybe you've chose your own comfort rather than helping somebody and walking by somebody. But as you make that investment, you'll grow and that you'll see the, you'll see God clearer and clearer and clearer. In fact, there's a proverb there. I'm not going to read it, read it to you, but it basically says that if you will seek God like you do for money, you will have the knowledge of God. In other words, if you put the same energy into looking for God as you do for making money, you'll find the richness of God. Lord, we thank you today. Lord, for your goodness. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you give us an opportunity to invest while we're here on earth. Lord, we thank you for our investment into our families. And we thank you for our families. We thank you for our jobs. Lord, we thank you for everything that's in our lives.
But Lord, we know ultimately our biggest investment is in you. And I pray that you'll help us and you'll lead us and you would guide us. Lord, and that we would find a healthy challenge that we would begin to invest more. And as we begin to plant and invest and to give, Lord, that we would then also reap the reward of that investment. Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarranty.com.